we kick off episode 134 of Monster Kid Radio with the song Roadrunner. It's from the band Low Sweat Guitars. You can find it on their album Keep Surfing over at lowsweatguitars.bandcamp.com. It appears on this episode with their permission. And you can find a link to them over at the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. That's the website for the podcast Monster Kid Radio, where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your host, writer-producer, Derek M. Cook. And I picked this song because of the person that I have on the show this time around. You see, the first time that I saw Roadrunner in real life, I'm not talking about a cartoon, but the first time that I actually became aware of the fact that a Roadrunner was a real animal, and I saw one in real life, I was at a zoo or some sort of exhibit or something like that, visiting my grandparents down in Arizona. That's where my grandparents lived. That's where my mother normally lives. But for about a month and a week, she came up here to visit at Monster Kid Radio headquarters. And I've been wanting to put her on the show ever since. I thought it'd be fun to get her on the show, talk a little bit about my background, what made me the Monster Kid that I am today, that sort of thing. So we're going to have an interview with my mom, which means everybody here has got to be really nice. It's my mother, guys. Come on. Now, before we get to that, I want to tell everybody about our website, monsterkidradio.net. It's where you can find links to everything that we've got going on here at the show. You can find links to our Facebook group. You can find links to our Live 365 internet radio station. You can find links to our Amazon store and everything else. Our contact information is over there as well. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5M. K-R. If you have any messages about anything you've heard on the past 133 episodes of Monster Kid Radio or this one, drop me a line. We'll include it in a future show. If you are a Facebook user, I'm going to ask you to give us a like on our Facebook page. Just look us up on Facebook or, again, we've got the group where conversations are happening between episodes, between listeners of Monster Kid Radio. And if you're a Facebook user, pay attention. We are getting into the busy time of year here at Monster Kid Radio headquarters. I'm talking about October Frequent Monster Kid Radio guest Chris McMillan has been posting at his website, The Shadow Over Portland, which you can find at shadowoverportland.blogspot.com, all the different events that are happening in this area for the Halloween season, which means we've got haunted houses coming, we've got film festivals coming, we've got film screenings coming, all kinds of things, and I think there's probably going to be a Monster Kid Radio crash or two coming up. The Facebook group and the Facebook page is where you can find out about those first. And then, of course, we'll talk about them here on Monster Kid Radio as well. Stay tuned because the Hollywood Theater is going to be showing some classic Universal films. At least one crash is going to happen for that. At least one. At least one. I'm eager to get to my mom. I don't want to keep her waiting. So, you know what? We're going to get to that right after this. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. 
which includes movies, imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. The Disney Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. excited. This episode of Monster Kid Radio is something that I've been wanting to do for the past, I'd say, at least six weeks when the idea first was suggested to me by some other listeners of Monster Kid Radio who knew that I was going to have a guest staying with me, that guest being one of the most important people in my life. My mother is visiting, and she's actually about to go back home tomorrow, so I figured, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to put her on the podcast, we're going to sit down and chat with her right now. Mom? Welcome to Monster Kid Radio. Hi. <laughs> what did you think when I first said I wanted to put you on the show? Absolutely not. <laughs> so what made you change your mind? I don't know. Everybody just kept talking about it. <laughs> it wasn't just me. I had some other people, uh, Tom and Mona, who listened to the show, also suggested that we get you on the show. And I thought it'd be fun. The podcasting is a very important thing to me. And I oftentimes tell people that part of my love for the classic monsters and Halloween and horror and costumes and all that, part of it goes back to being my mother's fault. I'm innocent. I don't know if that's true. See, I've got pictures of when I was growing up dressing up for Halloween, and almost always you either helped make a costume or would apply makeup for me or t- help me design the makeup. We weren't really designing makeup. We were just kind of smearing stuff on my face. But you would help me <laughs> do some of this stuff. And it just kind of stuck. Well, like I told you before, <laughs> I thought we were just making Halloween costumes, not directing a life choice. <laughs> so as I grew older and continued to have this love for this stuff, what went through your head? I don't know. It just uh, your grandma used to say to me all the time. Why is he so interested in all that monster stuff? I said, I really don't have an answer to that. (laughs) Like you said, it just stuck. I remember I gave her a copy of one of my short stories that appeared in Anthology a while back, a zombie short story. And she said to me, boy, I don't know where you get your ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that I remember growing up is riding my bicycle riding my bike to the base library on the weekends because I was, I guess, a nerd, a little nerd. (laughs) Yeah. And I would ride to the library. I'd go to the children's section and I would always look for monster books. Now, over the years, I've gotten my hands on some of these books, you know, off of eBay, that sort of thing. I don't know if you remember what any of these books were, but does this look familiar to you at all? Do you remember seeing that at all? Not really. This is the monster movie game by John Stanley. And it is a very basic level trivia book about monster movies and classic monster movies, that sort of thing. And I remember getting this book from the library and bringing it home repeatedly. And there's a couple of pictures in here. And why isn't it back at the library? Well, (laughs) this isn't the library book. Okay. This is something that I picked. (laughs) Statue of limitations. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> There's a couple of pictures in here, close-ups of like werewolf faces and things like that, that we would look at when trying to come up with what my makeup would look like for Halloween. So this book became very important to me. But more importantly to me were books like these. You remember seeing these? Okay. These orange backs. Orange backs. Oh. Yeah. So I've got a couple of these. Right now I'm holding the Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Invisible Man Monster Series books from Crestwood House is the name of the publishing company. Now, some of these go for a lot of money in the collector's market. The Godzilla one is $70 plus on eBay, which is why I don't have the Godzilla one. I was going to say, where is it? (laughs) No, I don't have it. I have these two. Uh, The Creature one was one I picked up off eBay. The Invisible Man was a gift. And then I actually found the King Kong one in a lost and found at a previous job. Nobody had claimed it, so it needed a new home. Obviously, it was meant to be part of my collection again. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Now, I love the old classic stuff so much, but for a period there, I was really into the modern horror stuff too. Right. I used to run around the house with liquid latex and fake blood and all that stuff. Yeah. What did you think of that? By that point, it was just normal (laughs) no no regrets what good would that do (laughs) can't turn back the clock i remember making a mini movie with my friend jared and kevin my little brother and we stained his neck pink with fake blood for like a week and it'd stay stained kevin yeah did you know about that i don't remember that you remember why he had a big pink stain on his neck Well, maybe he covered it up. It was hand lotion mixed with red food coloring. Oh, boy. No wonder. (laughs) Food coloring doesn't wash out. Don't you know that? Well, I learned that after that. You know it now. If you'd asked me, I'd have told you. Well, I probably should have because you had done all this makeup for me growing up. That sort of thing. We did what? A werewolf where you had sewn fur patches into like the holes in my pants. And I remember thinking that when you did it, that it didn't look right like it wouldn't work but you would just sewn like a little patch of fur to come out of the top of the sleeve of my shirt that would rest on the top of my hand right and at the time i thought that's not that's you know it needs to be attached to my hand it's got to look like you know it's part of my hand or whatever but the picture that i have of me in that getup, it looks good of course <laughs> listen to you <laughs> i remember doing a robot right which was a big cardboard box covered in foil With a skirt made out of a foil emergency blanket. Emergency blanket. And what was the hat made out of? A colander. Painted silver. No, it was silver. It was metal. Okay. And it had glued around the top of it. What was the name of the... Legs. Oh, legs, because they came in the eggs. And those were painted silver. They kind of glued around. Some of them came silver. I don't remember about those, but I mean, they did have some that came in silver eggs, but... Did you like it better when I dressed up as non-monster stuff, like the pirate or Zorro versus whatever that hunchback thing was with all the makeup on my face and the chain harness and all that? Well, uh, the monster stuff took longer. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said, Halloween's Halloween. You could, That's the kind of stuff you do. It just carried over. <laughs> It's Halloween 365 around here. We've actually been pretty respectful with you being here. We haven't done a lot of horror stuff on TV. And while you are staying in the guest room with a handful of monster books, I've taken some of the more gruesome stuff out so that you can sleep at night. I have a sculpt in there from (laughs) Daniel Horn that I normally keep in there. Decided you didn't need to sleep with a big zombie head looming over you, that sort of thing. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Now, 
did you watch any of these classic monster movies when you were a kid? Was that something you were no, into? No, because I was scared. Not, not something that you had any interest in at all? They all scared me. I didn't like monster movies because I got scared too easily. Was there one one that like scared you to the point to scare away no, from just, it? Or just it, all of them. Just away from it altogether? I didn't even want to watch them. Was it something Grandma and Grandpa didn't want you to watch? Or? I don't really remember about that. Okay. If they said anything or not. I just know all that stuff scared me. But you watched, or at least at one point, and I assume you still do, you watched classic movies. Yeah. I remember growing up, you would watch uh, the Turner Classic Movie Network, TCM. Yeah. And I used to give you so much grief, and I would tease you about watching. Because they were black and white. And you shouldn't watch that. You need to watch modern movies. Black and white, meh. Right. <laughs> you, the look you just gave How would you describe that look you just gave me? I don't know. <laughs> I just... Not very politely. It's just my look, I guess. <laughs> because now that's what I watch. I know. I love the classic movies, and it doesn't have to be monster movies. Like, we didn't get a chance to do it, but one of the things that I wanted to do while you were here was sit down and watch something like The Thin Man or something like that, because I love these old classic black and white movies now. When I would give you grief about these things, did it even occur to you that maybe someday I would come around and wise up? No. <laughs> <laughs> no hope? Not in that. <laughs> what are some of your favorite classic movies? I don't know. I like The Thin Man, too. I like the uh, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, some of those movies. Ah. So there's like a, a good kind of coupling back and forth. Yeah. There's a movie with Cary Grant and Myrna Loy and um, Shirley Temple was a teenager. I can't remember the name of it now, but that was a cute movie. Wow. And Cary Grant was also in a movie with Katherine Hepburn that had a, a lion in it. The lion's name was Baby. No, but if you'd only let me explain. You see, I just gave someone that bag to hold and that... I hope you realize that you've made a perfect fool of yourself in front Which... of everyone. Have you finished? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Thank you very much. Oh. You lied to me. Yes, but just a little well, bit. I mean, no, 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 no. But it isn't a ridiculous story. I have Where is the leopard? In there. I don't believe you. But you must believe me. I've been evicted once more of your unbridled imagination. What do you want? Well, uh, Mrs. Random invited me for dinner. Would you please find out if she still wants me? <laughs> She's hung up. Oh, Ziff. So am I. <laughs> I am Major Horace Applegate of the Explorers. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are you doing? what are you doing with that gun? The gun? Uh, I have been hunting leopards. Uh, oh, uh, you've been hunting leopards, have Yes, you? yes, I have been hunting leopards. Any luck? Uh, well, not what I'm accustomed to, no. You see, I was slightly mm -hmm. confused regarding boys, leopards. I, the, uh, they, they told me that the... Uh, the Take your hand off that! Come on, 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 come
a Cary Grant fan. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Arsenic and Old Lace. What do you think of that? I know I saw it, but I don't really remember much about it. That's another Cary Grant, right? Yeah. It's something that we've talked about, maybe talking about on Monster Kid Radio down the line. Um, it's got a Boris Karloff connection. So it's something that we might talk about in the future with another person on MKR at some point. Fingers crossed we're going to make that happen. When I was a kid, I remember around Halloween, and I don't remember what grade it was. It might have been, I don't know, third grade or so. It would have been when we were living in Montana. So it would have been second through fifth grade for me. We had to write a paper about Halloween. Okay. And at the time, I had discovered these Crestwood House books. So I knew the stories of all the monster movies. Even if I hadn't seen the monster movies themselves, I knew what the Wolfman was, what Frankenstein was. I knew who Lon Chaney Jr. was and Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. And I was this cocky little kid so full of himself and thought he had everything figured out and talked about how Halloween should be about the celebration of these monster movies and these horror actors and not dressing up like princesses and pirates and silly little non-monster things. You were a pirate once. Well, you don't have to ruin my, my image here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember if there was a point where I stopped doing non-monster and Halloween stuff. When you stopped? Yeah, because there was a point where I started doing the monster stuff, but did I ever look back after that? I don't think I did. I think I went monster. Yeah. I went ghoulish, and that was it for Probably me. Probably not. Probably not. What are some of your favorite Halloween memories involving me, or us as a family, or whatever? I don't know. When you were in Scouts, we used to have family Halloween parties, so everybody would dress up and go to those, uh-huh. and those were kind of fun. Did Dad dress up? No, it wasn't Dad. It was somebody else who had done like a scarecrow thing with a real pumpkin on his head. Yeah, I don't remember who that was. But I oh, remember that. Mar- was it Marion? It might have Erdl? been. Yeah, I can't imagine putting your head inside of a pumpkin, even <laughs> hollowed out. Ugh. <laughs> It had to get kind of skeevy after You'd a while. Think. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I don't know. It was just fun trying to figure out how to put together a costume without going to the store and buying one already made. We were talking about that off mic the other day about, yeah. you know, these days it seems like everybody wants to go to the store and buy something and they don't want to make it themselves. And I still think it's kind of cool to, you know, make something from scratch or make something out of something that was never intended to be a Halloween costume. Right. You know, like that Santa zombie thing that I did a few years ago, yeah. which I'm sure you were <laughs> thrilled to see pictures of. Oh, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> the store-bought costumes are getting a little better, but they're still not as much fun as putting something together yourself. There's a level of creativity, I think, obviously. I mean, you're creating something, but the DIY nature of making your own Halloween costume, whether you're sewing something together or doing your own makeup or whatever, it's just... I mean, obviously, it's more hands-on, but there's still more heart involved in something like that. And it's just more fun to do. And I remember you helping with all the Halloween costumes. And that's what I look back on when I think about Halloween growing up is you helping me make my costume. So when I say it's your fault that I'm into all this kind of stuff, (laughs) it's really just me kind of giving kind of respect and, you know, appreciation to you, encouraging me. Oh, is that what it was? (laughs) It, It really is. I think... If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have this love for these movies and this lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I adore th- I love this stuff. I am such a monster kid, even though I technically didn't grow up in the 60s when most, you know, whatever. 
That, that's what they call. That's what monster. Do you know what a monster kid is? Have you ever heard the phrase before? I told you the name of my show. Oh, so a monster kid traditionally is somebody who grew up in the '60s watching monster movies on television, sometimes late at night with a horror host, like not necessarily an Elvira because that's more of the '80s, but like a a Zachary or a Vampira in the '50s. I didn't grow up in that era. I grew up in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s. So I wasn't part of that wave, but I still consider myself a monster kid now. Would you have a bumper sticker on your car that says my son is a monster kid? I don't have any bumper stickers on my car. We should get you one that says my son is a monster kid instead of my son is an honor student. Oh. <laughs> so my son is a monster kid, you know, proud monster kid mom. You think? <laughs> Why not? You don't have any bumper stickers on your car. No. I... I uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you used to dress up for Halloween as Charlie Chaplin, I remember. You did that a few times. Yep. You had, um, like, was it a little plastic black hat? Yeah. And a painted on a mustache and then the cane. And I always thought this was cool growing up because it was always fun to kind of play with and poke holes and boxes with. The cane was the inside of an umbrella. It wasn't You couldn't just go get a cane. Right. You had to make one. Of course. That's where the fun is, right? Yep. What what else did you dress up as for Halloween as a kid? As a kid? Yeah. Only thing I really remember is Grandma had a pair of silk pajamas from Japan that her brother had brought to her after the war when he came back from Japan. And I used to wear those silk pajamas, and there was there were shoes, too, that had, it looked like two big toes. I mean, it was just... Okay, yeah, yeah. Grandma got this mask it was a that was a japanese woman you know and i remember wearing that i wore that a couple of times what what were you just like a japanese princess kind of thing just a i don't know just just something and yeah do you know what happened to the the pajamas and all that or you well obviously probably outgrew them i outgrew them but i think i still have them really wow because they came from my uncle yeah over going coming back from japan and they belonged to grandma so Otherwise, I don't really remember any other costumes in particular. I mean, I think I probably was a scarecrow a few times. You know, in those days, it was unheard of to buy costumes. We always made something. And we lived in Missouri in Lake of the Ozarks when I was a kid. And it was not like a town. It was like it was just resorts here and there Mm -hmm. and there were a few businesses and stuff. So we used to go, I can remember going to this uh, restaurant that was on the highway and we went in there and trick-or-treated. And of course, nobody there had anything to give us, so we got money. Wow. So we liked going in there. Yeah. We went back there every year. <laughs> <laughs> they throw a few coins in our bag. When you say we, you mean you and Grandma and Grandpa or you and no, friends my, from the house? No, my friend. Area? I had a friend that, and she had brothers and sisters and we all went um was halloween kind of a big thing around the lake or was it just kind of a kid's thing back then a kid's thing they didn't really do the kind of stuff that you're thinking about today the other thing that i've learned about you being here uh oh (laughs) (laughs) we found out that we have movie making or excuse me movie distribution in our bloodline right I was born. And I knew that all along. I know. And you've been holding on to this <laughs> secret, this nugget of information. I had no idea. It was my great, great uncle. Right. And the name was, I have it written down somewhere. Bill Bradfield. Bill Bradfield. And he started the, was it the 66 drive-in or the drive-in 66? I think it was the 66 drive-in. 
the 66 Drive-In Theater in Carthage, Missouri. It is one of the few still remaining drive-in movie theaters on Route 66. Now, it's owned by a different family now, but the movie theater still looks the same on the outside, or the drive-in, that is, because it's on the National Registry of Historic Places. And I think that is just flat-out cool. Cool. It is so good. How did you hold on to this without telling me? I don't know. It never came up. <laughs> I'm such a movie, to use your word, nerd. I know, but I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't really think about the drive-in being a big deal. I just, I just never thought about it. It's a huge deal. <laughs> well, I know that now. <laughs> You've made that abundantly clear. I think it's really cool. I went and bought a postcard off eBay showing the darn thing. I've... <laughs> I need to send a letter to these guys and just let them know how awesome I think it is that they're running the theater that my great-great-uncle started. Do you have any memories of going to that drive-in? I think you said you went maybe once. I was there one time. We didn't live in Carthage, Missouri, and we didn't really go there much. But I went one time when I was uh, younger. I went to stay with my aunt and uncle for a while, and we went to that drive-in then. They still had it and still operated it then. I couldn't tell you what movie was there or anything, but I was there once. Was it as amazing as I imagine it was? <laughs> it was, in those days, it was just a drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> just a drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to figure out a way to get and visit, go out there and visit it. I want to visit that drive-in at some point. I want to introduce myself to the people who own it now and be like, you know, one for my great-great-uncle. Can I get in for free? That's basically what will happen, I think. I'll just ask if I can get in for free. You think? <laughs> You think they'll feel an obligation there? I, I don't know. <laughs> be like, yeah, right. You and who else has come by this week to ask for free admission? I think that's pretty neat, actually. I want to learn more about that and that part of the family or whatever. Because he also owned a regular movie theater, too, right? Right. Yeah, and that was first, and then he branched out to do the drive-in? Um, I can't really say that for sure. I don't know. Okay. I know they had both at the same time. So which it came first, I don't know. But it was kind of something that people didn't talk about much. Because it was kind of a scandal to have a movie theater in the family. We were talking about that the other day, and I'm still, I mean, I suppose on the one hand, I understand, you know, movies weren't necessarily viewed as wholesome family entertainment and that sort of thing, but I still don't get it, <laughs> you know, because it's just a business with, with product and that sort of thing. So the family didn't talk about it much at all? or No. <laughs> we went to drive ins growing up. Right. There was a drive-in in Washington, Washington when we lived in Tacoma. Yep. I don't remember seeing any movies there, but I do remember going when we had a van. Yep. And I remember always trying to sneak a peek through the curtain to see what movie the adults were watching. <laughs> but I don't remember much outside of that. Montana didn't have one. We lived in Montana after Washington. And there definitely wasn't one in Wyoming when we lived there. No. There was one in Colorado that I would go to every once in a while, but it's a shame. I, I love the drive-in. There's a drive-in where you're at now. You're, you're from Arizona. Have you been to the drive-in down there? Lately? No, no. Did you ever go to the drive-in in Arizona? Because you grew up there. Yeah, there was another drive-in that was not that far from where we lived. We used to go there. Was it like a fun night out at the drive-in or was it, you know, we just went to go see a movie? You know, I mean, it's, I think it's something that we're romanticized now. It was just a night out at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything particularly exciting. Would you watch a classic monster movie with me now? Not right this second, just hypothetically, if I had a movie, like a Boris Karloff or Bela Lugosi, you know, something classic, like from the 40s, maybe. 
Is it something you'd, you'd sit down and watch? Or would we have to do something a little bit less monster, more like mystery, like The Thin Man or something like that? Well, now it wouldn't be scary because they're cheesy. What? <laughs> I mean, those days. How dare you? <laughs> when I was younger, it all looked real. But you spoiled me because when you were doing movies and special effects and stuff, every single time we'd go to a movie, we'd be sitting there and you'd go, they did this like that. This is how they did that. This is how they did that thing. What? No, no, I didn't. I didn't do that with every single movie. Just about. No, I did not. <laughs> yep. So there's no mystery. Did I ruin movies for you? <laughs> no, you didn't ruin them. I'm just saying that, you know, you kind of shed light on some of the stuff that was going on. And then you took that movie class in college and you made student films and I came to those. The look she just gave me. I, I've seen this look before, and it's a very unique look that she only gives me when she's about to talk about something that I did for a little student movie that I made back in, what, 1995. This has been almost 10 years, and in this 10-year period— 20 I, years. I'm sorry, 20 years. And in this 20-year period, I almost never see this look unless this is about to come up. I don't want to steal your thunder or your fire. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what you're looking at me for, Mom? Well, he decided that it would be interesting and would contribute to his little movie if he set himself on fire. Uh-huh. I did not know about this until I saw the finished product and later found out that they had to put him out with a garden hose because he was engulfed in flame. I was not a happy camper. I wouldn't use the word engulfed. Oh, no? <laughs> and what word would you use? <laughs> it was uncomfortably warm. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet. Did you know we had to do it twice? Oh, no. <laughs> we had two cameras going, and the second camera didn't record, so we had to do it again with a close-up, and that shot didn't work anyway, so it wasn't worth it. This is a whole new look you've given me that I've never seen before. <laughs> Oh, brother. For months after you saw this mini-movie that I had made, for months it seemed like every news station would run a story about some idiot kid setting themselves on fire. Sometimes for fun, sometimes as a dare, sometimes as a movie project. But for months it seemed to come up every week, and every time it came up, my mother would mention it to me and say, Did you see this on the news? It was a conspiracy. You were just lucky. I was indestructible. Or you thought so. But. I had a camera going. Nothing bad could happen. <laughs> the camera was magic. The magic of the movies kept me safe. Nobody else had ever set themselves on fire in that class before. And probably not since. I did get a good talking to by the teacher afterwards. And I'm sure every class after yours got a talking to before <laughs> it happened. She pulled me aside and said, you know, Derek, people look up to you in this class. I know. You told me that. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time was very, very unhappy. She told me, you told me you had a dummy out there to set on fire. And I said, we did. <laughs> yeah. I'll go along with that. <laughs> the hero had to dispatch the zombie somehow. It looked good for like the point three seconds it's on screen. It may have looked good, but didn't do much for my heart. You survived. I survived. We're all happier, better people now. You know, the other day you asked me while we were driving around town if I missed making movies. 
I don't necessarily miss setting myself on fire, if that means anything to you. Good. That's something. <laughs> I do I do miss doing stuff with monsters, though. I do miss doing things with, with latex and makeup, and that's why we watch that face-off makeup competition show, and I miss that sort of thing. And I do find that the classic monster movie stuff that I'm really into these days does seem to inspire more creativity, more kind of just getting in there and making your own artwork based on or inspired by that than any other type of, or any other genre, really. I mean, you don't see people creating masks of characters from a romantic comedy. (laughs) You don't see people creating portraits of characters from, you know, a sitcom. You just don't see that, you know, whereas you do see that with the monster movies, especially the classic monster movies. So I really attribute my love for these classic monster movies, partly to you, mom. I mean, I'm being serious here and, 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 you know, opening up the heart and all. I really do think that the reason I love this stuff is because you let me love this stuff. And while you didn't sit me down to say, Hey, watch this Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. You're going to love it. If I walked in and said, I want to be a werewolf for Christmas. Here's a picture of a makeup. Can we do this? You never said no. You always helped me figure out how to do that. So publicly on the record, my mom's awesome. Oh, brother. For letting me do this and encouraging me. So thank you, mom. Okay, you're not grounded anymore. <laughs> Is it finally over? Finally over. And you're over me setting myself on fire? No. Ah! I have witnesses, ladies and gentlemen. You guys all heard it. I'm no longer grounded. My mom cannot take that back. It's been recorded. I have proof. No longer grounded. Although, if I set myself on fire again, I think she'll probably ground me right after my wife does. So, eh. you win some, you lose some, right? Big thanks to my mom for doing this. She isn't a podcast listener. It's not something that she would normally do, but she indulged me, and I really appreciate it. Mom, I love you. Thank you. I want to say thanks to everybody who has become a patron of ours over at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash monsterkidradio. Or again, click the link over at monsterkidradio.net. We've got a handful of people who are supporting the show. Every month, we're getting a little bit of support from you guys, helping us keep the lights on, which really means we're paying for the URL and our web space, that sort of thing. Really appreciate everybody helping us out. And I want to give a special thanks to a couple of our supporters at the Cheney Senior level. Big thanks to Tom and Eileen. Eileen's also known as Wolfie. These are a couple of people that I actually met at Monster Bash a couple of months ago. I would love to get to another Monster Bash so I can run into them again and maybe even put them on the show in person. That'd be a blast. You know how you can help me get to Monster Bash? You know, I'm going to say it. Patreon. Check it out. And I appreciate everybody's support. And the likes that I get on Facebook, the votes that we get in the iTunes store. Hey, remember that 50 review challenge we were doing? Yeah, it happened. I've even recorded the bulk of the first episode of that spinoff. For new listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, well, there's a spinoff coming. Monthly thing happening here at MKR, celebrating my favorite movie of all time. It's coming. As soon as I work out some kinks and decide on some opening music, that'll be rolling out. So stay tuned for that. Next week on Monster Kid Radio, a couple of different things that we could do. I've got two recording sessions this weekend. I'm not sure which one's going to make the cut next week and then the one after that. But I'm excited about both, and they're both with previous guests here on Monster Kid Radio. So you'll have to come back to monsterkidradio.net or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is you play your podcasts on for that. 
In the meantime, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Roadrunner. That belongs to the Low Sweat Guitars. It's on their album, Keep Surfing. You can find them at lowsweatguitars.bandcamp.com. Tell them that Monster Kid Radio sent you if you head over there. I'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs>